Well, good morning to each of you. It's good to be with you this morning, and I want to greet you in Jesus' worthy name this morning. Like Jim said, the reason that we're here is because of Jesus and what he has done. Thinking of our communion service this morning, it's a special time, time of reflection on our own lives and also in the life of Jesus as we think about what he has done for us and the sacrifice that he's made and how that impacts us today. So for message this morning, I'm going to think about the precious blood of Jesus as a, a topic. And this is a phrase taken from 1 Peter chapter 1. So I'd like to read that. Um, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. So we think about this phrase that Peter uses, the precious blood of Jesus. 1 Peter 1, 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So Peter is saying that we have been redeemed, not with physical things like silver or gold, but by the blood of Jesus, and he calls it the precious blood of Jesus. It's valuable. There's value there. It wasn't cheap. Our salvation was paid for by his blood. So this morning, I want to think about the precious blood of Jesus and what that means for us as we think of our communion service. The blood of Jesus is symbolized by the cup that we drink. It's one of the things that we are to remember. Jesus said, this do in remembrance of me. And that's what communion is about, remembering Jesus' sacrifice, remembering the blood that he shed and his body. I just want to think about blood. And first of all, blood donation. I don't know if anybody has donated blood before. It's a, a noble thing to do. I, I have not done it, but there's a sacrifice there. Somebody who donates blood isn't doing it to benefit themselves, but it's for the benefit of someone else, somebody who has a need for blood. They need uh, um, transfusion. Somebody who has an accident or illness, and they wouldn't survive if it, if it wouldn't be for a, a blood transfusion. And there's people... Um, willing to make that sacrifice, donate blood, something that doesn't do much for them, but it saves someone else's life. And I know it's an incomplete analogy, but that's what Jesus' blood does for us. Um, he was willing to make that sacrifice, um, something that uh, didn't really benefit him, but it was what we all desperately needed for life. It's his blood that gives us life that cleanses us from sin. So I'm going to think about the analogy of blood. And uh, I don't know about you. Sometimes, for me, it seems that blood is just something that shouldn't be at the front and center of Christianity. and almost seems like it would fit more in a, a primitive religion, maybe, thinking of blood sacrifice and 
almost gets a little uncomfortable to think about blood being front and center. And I remember as a, as a boy thinking about some of the songs that we sing. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Or the song, Are You Washed in the Blood? And just singing some of these songs, the mental picture that it gave just made me a little uncomfortable. And that's just our mentality towards blood, you know, physical blood. We, we try to avoid blood and stay away from it. And we want to clean off blood stains. We would never think of washing something in blood. And this idea that we have of blood doesn't quite line up with how the Bible uses blood. But this is what it's all about. This is what our salvation is based on. It's the foundation of salvation. And you look through the Bible and you see many different references to blood and, and what blood does. So I did a compilation of just, just a few verses that talk about blood and specifically in the New Testament of what does the blood of Jesus do? What is accomplished by the blood or through the blood? So I just read a couple of those here. Romans 5.9 says we are justified by his blood. Hebrews 13.12, we are sanctified by his blood. Ephesians 2.13, we are brought near. We were far off, but we are brought near by his blood. Ephesians 1.7, we have redemption through his blood. Hebrews 10.19, we have access to the holiest by his blood. Colossians 1.20, Jesus has made peace by his blood. Revelation 7.14, we see the tribulation saints who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. So, it's easy to see that blood is, is a pretty important feature of Christianity. It's not just a passing reference, but it's, it's right there. And I think in order to better appreciate how the Bible talks about blood, we need to maybe pull down our sanitized view of blood just a little bit and look at the analogy that we see in nature and look at what blood actually does. What does our blood do? Because I believe there's a reason that blood features so frequently and prominently in the Bible. It's not a coincidence that God chose blood as the means of redemption and cleansing. It wasn't, it wasn't random. It's not that, uh, say, well, we gotta find something, uh, what should we use, uh, let's, let's go with blood. No, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not random. I always find it amazing the analogies that we can see in nature that relate directly to spiritual truths. And I believe blood is one of those striking analogies that we can see in the Bible. I mentioned some aspects with blood donation. Um, there's, there's parallels there, but there's also parallels with our physical blood that each one of us has and the blood of Jesus and, and what the blood of Jesus does for us. So I'm gonna look at some connections there and I'm gonna be referencing some of uh, some work that was done by a medical surgeon, Dr. Paul Brand. He did some writing on this a number of years ago, wrote some articles about connections that we can see um, with physical blood and the blood of Jesus. So I'm gonna draw on, on some of his work.
but I have three connections that I want to think about in regards to this analogy that we can see. The first of all, the life is in the blood. And this comes right out of uh, Leviticus 17. I think it's mentioned a couple times in there, this phrase, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And the context there is referring to animals, uh, but the same is true for us. Our blood is what keeps us alive. And Paul Brand tells of the story of a woman who was in the ER, had a bad accident, and lost a lot of blood, and just was not doing okay, not responding. And they bring her in, start working on her, and right away, they give her a blood transfusion. And uh, somebody's donated blood, um, give that to her, and after several units of blood, her color starts to return, and she starts responding again. And she revived. It was the blood that made the difference. And he said right then and there, he made that connection of the truth of this, this statement, the life is in the blood. And if you think about it, our blood is a miracle. All the, the miles, thousands of miles, literally thousands of miles of blood vessels in each of our bodies that takes this life-giving blood everywhere in our bodies. And if you would uh, take a tourniquet or, or somehow stop the flow of blood, um, cut off the blood flow, uh, you, you might not notice much difference at first, but eventually you start to feel some, some discomfort and uh, it might turn some different colors. And, and eventually, if, if you leave it there, that part of your body would die because of the lack of, of circulation. But if you unwrap that, you can just feel the relief as the blood is, is circulating once again. It needs that circulation. And it's interesting to think about older medical practices that we no longer do. Um, and one of those is the practice of bloodletting. You think about times that doctors really got it wrong. Uh, this was one of those times, and the idea was that sometimes sickness comes from bad blood. And the solution, I don't, I don't know what drew them to that conclusion, but what you had to do is drain off some of this bad blood. And uh, that was supposed to help you recover. And uh, you look at George Washington and how he died. I think this was a factor in, in his death. This is one of the last procedures that they did to him. He was sick and they didn't know what else to do. So they said, well, we've got to drain off his blood. And they were really draining off his life by doing that. So the life is in the blood. And in the same way, our spiritual life comes directly from Jesus' blood. And when you read through all those references in the New Testament about what the blood does for us, you can see how this is true. It's life-giving. And you take away Jesus' blood, if you cut off that circulation, that connection, we're gonna die spiritually. We need the life-giving blood for spiritual life. It's the precious blood of Jesus. The second one is the cleansing power of blood. And this one really amazes me. I can't say I remembered all this from school, um, but our blood plays a vital role in cleansing our body of uh, toxins and waste products. 
I don't know how it all works, but it's fascinating to read about just the, the cleansing that our blood does for us. So one of the main functions of blood is to transport oxygen throughout the body. And so these cells take oxygen, but they also bring back different waste products that build up in our bodies, different things that are you know, part of normal life, using your muscles. There's, there's things that need to be cleaned out. And our blood cells bring this oxygen, they unload it, and then they load up this, this carbon dioxide, other waste products, and they take it off, clean it out. And uh, it goes over to the kidneys. The kidneys filter out the blood. And uh, that's why our kidneys are so important. There are blood filters. And if your kidneys stop working, then you need a machine to do that for you, to, to filter out your blood. And it's a process called dialysis. And honestly, Lorraine could probably tell us a lot more about how all that works. Um, and I, I just understand a very little bit of it. But our blood is very crucial in cleaning out our body. There's this constant cleansing action from our blood. And I realized I, I only scratched the surface of, of what all there is to, to look at there. It's really fascinating. But the bigger point is the analogy that it gives. And that's the cleansing power of Jesus' blood. Just like our blood cleanses our body, cleans it out, the blood of Jesus has that same cleansing power. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So this was written before scientists knew anything about the cleansing properties of, of blood. But that's exactly what we see with Jesus' blood. It cleanses, takes it up, loads it up, and carries it away. And this is how we can sing songs like, Are You Washed in the Blood? It's not talking about washing with blood, but what our blood does on the inside, and the cleansing. And if we are under the blood, we can receive that continual cleansing. And we see from First John, it's connected with, with walking in the light. No secrets, living an open life. That's when we can find that cleansing of the blood. And the last one, what I think about is the overcoming power of blood. We've probably all heard about our immune systems before. Our immune system is what keeps us from getting sick and helps us recover when we're sick. And our immune system is part of our blood. It's in our bloodstream. And just like our, our blood vessels have access to every part of our body, and therefore our immune system does as well. There's different components of the blood. I won't go through all what all they are, but specifically the white blood cells is, is part of our blood. And the white blood cells are the ones that are designed to fight off infections. And somehow these cells know what is normal. They know what is part of your body and what does not belong. And if something foreign comes in, they, they identify it. And it might take some time. They have to develop what's called antibodies. And they will fight this uh, infection, bacteria, pathogens, whatever it might be, that are invading. And 
all this is within our bloodstream. And uh, we have this protection through our blood, our immune system. It's constantly circulating in our body. And the obvious spiritual connection is the overcoming power of Jesus' blood. We're able to overcome opposition, something foreign that's invading, maybe thinking of spiritual warfare. There's overcoming power in Jesus' blood. Or maybe with sanctification, thinking of a habit that you might have, you want to get rid of. You know you want to do better. You know it's not good. And you've tried your hardest, but you just can't seem to let it go. There's overcoming power in the blood of Jesus. Verse I'd like to read from Revelation chapter 12. So we think about the overcoming power of the blood. Revelation 12, verses 10 and 11. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the, unto the death. The phrase in there, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. There's power in Jesus' blood. You know, it's true for us today as well. We overcome by the blood of Jesus. We can experience that power through the precious blood of Jesus. So this morning as we celebrate communion and remember what Jesus has done for us, the sacrifice that he made through giving his body and his blood, I hope this gives us a better appreciation for the blood of Jesus. And as we read these passages to be able to connect it a little bit better, I know it helped me understand that yes, it really is all about the blood. The songs that we sing take on a new meaning. God knew what he was doing when he chose blood as the symbol of our redemption of our cleansing, our protection, and our life, and how it so closely parallels our own bodies, what our blood does. It's amazing to look at these analogies and uh, to help us understand the spiritual truth that's there. So let's never take for granted the miracle of Jesus' blood, the precious blood of Jesus, and the life, the cleansing, and the overcoming power that we can have through that. So before we go into our communion service, why don't we have a word of prayer, and I'll turn it over to Lester. Lord, we thank you for this communion service that we can have together as a church. Thank you for your blood and what that means for us, what you've given to us through that. And we we just thank you for the sacrifice that you've made I pray that we could have a meaningful time together in communion. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.